Let's talk a little Houston Texans football. Let's go down to Houston. Sean Pendergast joins us from Sports Radio 610. Sean, what's up? How are you, man? Can't we just talk about Little League instead? How, how, how tired of that topic are you guys? Like having to cover Actually, that every day. It, you know what? I, I Look, I can sit here and say, boy, we're so tired of it. And I think there are listeners who are tired of it. But <laughs> and, and I wish Deshaun Watson weren't in all this trouble. And I wish he didn't want to trade from the Texans. And I, I wish a lot of things with the Texans, quite honestly, over the last two years. But, I mean, let's face it. It's tailor-made for ears to be listening to you know, our radio show every morning and it's tailor made for different topics and drama and things like that. Again, I wish it weren't going on from a human perspective and as a fan of the team, but um, it's one of the biggest stories, certainly probably in Houston sports football history here. It's, it's wild, man. It's just got so many layers to it. At Sean T Pendergast on Twitter, uh, before we get into all of that and the Texans, um, I know a lot of people listen to sports talk radio and they think, Hey man, I could do that job. Um, and we've put listeners in the studio before and they kind of freeze up and all that. And it makes sense. Could you share your story with how you got to where you are? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll give you the abridged version. I'll yeah. give you the, the, I'll give you the version that I don't give to college kids when I go to speak to communication. <laughs> like um, but yeah, I was a, I was a caller. I was a caller to the Jim Rome show for, Many, many years I was in sales. I was in telecommunication sales. My job has gone from one end of the interesting spectrum, telecommunication sales, to the other, where now people actually want to talk to me at parties and things like that. It's pretty cool. But I was a, I was a caller to the Jim Rome show, and I think your listeners who are familiar with Jim Rome know about the Smack Off, which yep. is the annual thing each year where he, you know, he crowns the biggest smack talker of the year. It's an annual deal. And I won that five times Whoa. between the years of 99 and 2007. And... Long story short, uh, I, literally the day I got fired from my job as VP of sales for a telecommunications company that I helped start up, uh, I got fired because the company was getting bought. I got a call from some friends who were back in Houston. I was in Chicago at the time. I got a call from some friends back in Houston who actually worked for Sports Radio 610, which is where I work now, ironically, but they were starting up another station in town, and my name had come up to give me a shot at trying to do afternoon drive because they figured it'd be something different. Hey, let's get the Jim Rome guy and see if he can do radio. So uh, long story short, I, I said, you know what? You caught me on a day where I need a job and I'm feeling like kind of, you know, I'm 38 years old. I'm feeling like I'll take some risks. Hell yeah, I'll move back to Houston and I'll give, the, give it a shot with this startup radio company. And I told myself I would do it for three months. And if I sucked at it, I would just get back into, into sales. And now it's 14 years later, <laughs> here I am. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that is absolutely wild. amazing. So, um, yeah, so what was your preparation like for these smack talk things? Like, how, how much time did you put in? Because I, I remember listening to, to those things in yeah, those people, years, and I was fascinated by that whole process. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm totally truthful. I, a lot of people think, like, that I kept a notebook throughout the year with different bullet points. Like, oh, this would be good for my smack off call seven months from now. And, like, <laughs> it wasn't that way at all. Like, I... I had a life, you know what I mean? Like I had a, I had a job, so I, I couldn't just sit there thinking about that. And, and you know, I had kids, you know, like life kind of got in the way along the way there. So I, I would still do it every year, obviously, but I would literally, I, it was like college. I would, I would wake up the morning of the same way I used to cram for exams back in college. And I would put like a, an outline together with some bullet points. And I would just, 
I go into Ric Flair mode, man. I just look at the bullet points, and I was just whatever the bullet points <laughs> stuck in my head, I would just let it roll off my tongue. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Sean Pendergast from Houston uh, joining us. So what what is the latest with regard to Deshaun Watson? I've seen stories that the FBI has talked with him. Um, are, are there going to be charges? How distracting is this whole thing? Where, where are we now? Yeah, it's well, uh, it's super distracting for the media. That's, uh, that's the first thing I'll say. Like When we're out of practice, people are like, Boy, who, is the team really distracted when Deshaun's out there at practice and he's sitting there watching them go through 11-on-11? 11 11? And I'll admit, it is really awkward when Deshaun's out of practice watching Terod Taylor run the offense. You know, there's, there's a relationship <laughs> analogy I could probably make here, but I won't. Um, but, uh, so it is very awkward, but I'll say this. The team is not distracted at all. The Texans have actually had some really good, crisp practices, this coaching staff is a major upgrade it seems so far over bill o'brien's staff mm. and so the team's not distracted the media is hyper distracted we're like where's deshaun Where, where's he standing now who's he talking to as far as all the legalities go yeah we're, we're in the middle of a long long slog with this thing because uh it sounds like you guys have seen the news the fbi uh tony busby the attorney for the plaintiffs earlier this week did an interview with amy dash who's a legal expert for uh, odyssey and said that the FBI's talked to him three times and talked to some of the plaintiffs. Um, we know that there's a grand jury investigation going on right now because 10 of the alleged victims have gone to the police and filed complaints. So Deshaun's being investigated by the Harris County Prosecutor's Office. The NFL is doing its investigation. So it's like Deshaun's like got this onslaught of all these different factions that are doing investigations on him right now. And here's Rusty Harden, 79-year-old Rusty Harden, his attorney, who's an OG attorney. But he's out here just trying to fight the good fight on all these different fronts. He's got Busby on Instagram coming after Deshaun. Like, Busby is this kind of maniac attorney, and Harden is this old-school guy. And it's just the attorney battle has been fascinating to watch, too. But the bottom line is, there's still it would seem, unless Deshaun is of mind to settle all these lawsuits, and you have to settle 22 of them, then I don't think he's playing football this year. Let's just put it that way. Sean Pendergast uh, with us uh, from Houston. Um, so in, in terms of the team, well, mm-hmm. obviously people put out their AFC South pro- projections and, and Houston's at the bottom of that list. Uh, is, is that where you intis- anticipate them being? Or are they restructuring this roster? I know they've got 8,000 running backs. What, what's going on with the roster? <laughs> it feels like they got 8,000 of everything. Like, <laughs> and, they're, and, they're all on, and they're all on one-year deals. Like the whole, the whole team's on a big one-year deal. Like it's, 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 that tells you a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, like, I'll tell you guys, like, Deshaun Watson is going through the weirdest thing I've ever seen a football player go through, like, like demanding a trade and then getting sued by 22 plaintiffs. And it's like the fourth weirdest thing out of practice every day. You know what I mean? Like it's, like, it's barely on the Mount Rushmore of weirdness for this team. It's so, so, so they've got all these one-year contract guys. They, they literally have 50 new players on the roster. Here's what I'll say, because it would be boring for me to just come on your show and say, yep, they're going 2-15. and 15. That's what they're going to be. And they may very well go 2-15, and 15, just to be clear. But I've been at practice every day. I've been at virtually every minute of practice. And, and they, I think they're going to be better. Now, this sounds like faint praise, because everybody thinks they're going to be the worst team in the league. So when I say I think they're going to be better than everybody thinks they are, <laughs> theoretically, they could be 31st, and I'm correct. So, I, but I think, I'll put it this way. I think their season win total in Vegas is four and a half. I would take the over, not by a lot, but I would take the over for a couple of reasons. One, Terod Taylor has looked really good in camp. And Terod Taylor is a, he's a proven commodity in that you know he can go out there and win a few games for you. You know, he's not an upper half of the league quarterback, 
but he's not a turnover machine. He can hurt you on the run. He can throw the ball decently. I think, and their offensive line is actually going to be pretty good. They bring back a lot of guys on their offensive line, and they're much better coached this time around. So, I, and, and the other thing is their slate of quarterbacks that they play on their schedule this year is is not great. It's it's a it's a fairly navigable slew of quarterbacks. Like I mean, Ryan Tannehill, who you guys obviously you guys obviously cover him. He's he's probably like the third best quarterback on their schedule, mm-hmm. maybe second. Like Russell, it's Russell Wilson. And then it's like, it's Ryan Tannehill. And then it's a lot of rookies, you know, and a lot of kind of unknowns on the quarterback schedule. Look, and a lot of these guys are going to be good enough to beat the Texans, but I could see them winning five or six games. Like, it, like it's not a crazy thing for me to think, just based on what I've seen in camp so far. Really? Uh, that, yeah. I just, like, I was just <laughs> talking to Ron when you said that. Like, four and a half, you know, I would go over. I was like, is he... Uh, like totally sober right now chatting with us because <laughs> I look at this Texans roster and all of that. I guess I get what you're saying about, about Terod Taylor, but yeah. man, that, that just, that just blew me away. That from you just blew me away. So I just pulled up the schedule. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna have to look at this. <laughs> well, hey, here they could they, look at this. If you look at the schedule, like, they could start two and one. I'm just saying, like, they open against the Jags. It's right. the first game for Urban Meyer, first game for Trevor Lawrence. Yep. They play Cleveland in week two. They'll lose that game. And then they play Sam Darnold at home in week three. It, you know, and somewhere in that early part of the season, they play the Colts, who might not even have their – they might have Jacob Eason starting at quarterback. You know, like, yeah. it's it, – it's, I think the quarterbacks they play, it goes Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, and then I think Tannehill's probably the third best one on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not – it's, I, I say it's not murderer's row because the Texans have played murderer's row schedules the last couple of years. You guys know you play a similar schedule because it's the AFC South and the divisions you cross. Like, you know, last year, in the first four weeks of the season, they played the first – and it's what got Bill O'Brien fired. Well, that and the fact that Bill O'Brien was just the worst GM in the history of sports got yeah. him fired. But they opened, <laughs> the season with, they opened the season with Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota last year. And then they played Aaron Rodgers – in, in week seven. I think they played you guys. They played the Titans in week six. So like that, that was their opening schedule last year. So like I've seen hard schedules before. And look, any game is going to be hard for the Texans. I'm not here to tell you they're good. I'm here to tell you yeah, that some of, the vari- the, some of the variables that go into whether you win two games or five games, right? Like every team's got a window. They have a floor and a ceiling. And that window is usually like four or five games, right? Like if, this, if everything goes right, we'll win 11. If everything goes poorly, we win six. I think their window is like, you know, like two to six, something like that. And I'm just telling you the reasons why it could be yeah. six instead of two. Okay. There so is. are you in? I'm are also, you... hey, hey, I'm also drunk as hell right now. <laughs> there we go. That's how we know. It all makes sense. He says this now. <laughs> there we go. Hey, Mar- Margarita's in Houston. They can do it. Five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, it's pre weekend, right. baby. Let's get it. Hey, when you do morning radio, that five o'clock comes real quick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, Sean. Hey, thanks for the visit, appreciate man. It, we'll bro. call you back uh, as the season goes on. And uh, really appreciate you. Anytime, yeah. Give me a call back. I appreciate you guys having me on. I had fun. At Sean T. Pendergast on Twitter.